and welcome to NICE Talks. I'm Abigail Kinch, a member of NICE's media relations team. In this episode, we're going to be learning more about NICE's work with its international partners. Which partners is NICE engaging with? How does it work? And how does this work allow NICE to remain at the forefront of health technology assessment and guideline development methodology globally? To discuss these issues and more, I'm joined by Mindup Boyson, Head of International Affairs at NICE, and by Dr Nicole Mittman, Vice President of Scientific Evidence, Methodologies and Resources at Cadith. Thank you both for joining. Minder, please can you explain how NICE came to start working with other international health technology assessment bodies and why it is important for NICE to collaborate with them? International collaboration is a passion of mine and we've been really working over the past 20 years with many international organisations in HCA and in guidelines. And as long as I've been working for this organisation, we've had a keen interest in collaborating with colleagues that have the same passion for putting evidence at the heart of decision making. I guess the most visible, actually, for many of the listeners will be the activities of NICE International, who are providing knowledge exchange and consultancy services across the world. But we've also, of course, been members of the European Network for Health Technology Assessment, where we led on several collaborative activities over the years. Now, people will know that that has now finished for what concerns the European network of HCA UNETA, but that's now moved to European HCA regulation and making it critical for NICE to find new ways of partnering with colleagues in the world. Now, another catalyst for uh, recent collaborative work was, of course, COVID, and we started meeting with colleagues from Canada, Australia, and our UK agencies to share knowledge and approaches to HCA during the pandemic. And that has evolved over the past year or so in a formal arrangement between Australia, Canada and the UK to work together. But not just that, I mean, there's a number of other less formal, more informal collaborations with other agencies, not just Canada and and Australia and the UK, but also with our European colleagues, looking at a variety of topics, addressing numerous things of interest for all of us. And I think this, if you think about where this fits with our nice ambition, we have an international strategy where we express two key strategic ambitions for NICE. One is to improve healthcare outcomes across the world. So this, you could say, it's it's NICE helping other countries understand what HCA is all about and how it can help them make decisions. And we do that by shared learning and enhancing NICE's reputation in a way. And the second key ambition in that respect is establishing these collaborative relationships to bring back learning and shape the way we work. So that's critical for us as well. I guess closer to home, we are as an organization responding to a number of challenges. And in our transformative work, we try and focus on what matters most. And I think this collaborative work across various agencies will allow us to think about the things that are really critical for our healthcare systems. We want to all provide the most useful and usable advice, and that is making sure that we provide advice timely and easy to use. And I think these collaborations will allow us to do that. And we want to learn from data and implementation. And we're all interested in real-world evidence and in how to help uh, companies understand what evidence is required. So I think all those aspects of our own ambition will be fed through our collaborative work. And Nicole, from your viewpoint, what are the benefits of both Cadiff and NICE working more closely together? 
maybe just a quick background for your listeners who may not be familiar with CADETH. We provide evidence, recommendations, and advice for our federal, provincial, and territorial governments, with the exception of Quebec, and really about the value of technologies optimally used drugs and devices in our publicly funded healthcare system. So that gives you a snapshot of the work that we do. I think the, the benefits of a collaboration, a partnership, or engagement between our two organizations are really around a number of benefits, which include strategic benefits, right? So our organizations are all moving collectively and we're trying to future-proof our system. Mindert highlighted a number of challenging initiatives with respect to even methods or complex diseases and complex technologies. Uh, how can we organize and think about methods in that particular space or even align some of the thinking around that? Our two organizations with respect to processes, frameworks, and even needs for the work that we do. The alignment is important. When we think about health technology assessment, it's a beautiful science with respect to many kinds of different sciences feeding in to understand the value of different technologies. And so that value can be defined in different ways and through different processes and really understanding and trying to think about the input or throughput or output of the work that we do and how we do our work so that we ensure that we're always using best practices or ensuring that we have either rigorous methods or very clear and transparent frameworks along the way. And, you know, consistency is also one of the things that we think about when we work with other organizations. You know, how are we making decisions and how are you making decisions and or recommendations? And so what are the differences and or or similarities between our two organizations. And I think even just understanding operational factors, right? You know, how do you organize your particular organization with respect to teams or priorities and the strategic focus as well for the organization? It's interesting, you know, Minder talked about the strategic focus and NICE. And, you know, our, from a CADF perspective, the pillars from our strategy are innovate, anticipate, and transform. And as we think about how to work more closely together, we need to fulfill those pillars and we need to think about different ways to uh, connect with one another, anticipate new and complex things earlier in the life cycle and how can we do that collectively, often not in isolation, and how do we transform our systems to ensure that patients are getting access to new technologies. And turning back to you, Minder, can you give an idea of the topics or projects you are working on together with colleagues across the world? We are exploring ways to work together better in understanding what technologies are coming to the market. So that's at the very start of the appraisal process. So what is on the horizon? What are we seeing coming in terms of new science? You know, we're thinking about how to respond to Alzheimer's disease, to obesity, to public health interventions that are coming our way, to the digital technologies that are clearly making an entrance into the market, and to new medical technologies in general. So it's that bit of horizon scanning, anticipating what might be coming, where I think a lot of our collaborative efforts could really bear fruit for our patients in the various health systems. And if you move a bit further down the kind of development path that we use for assessing and appraising technologies, you come to things like how do we make sure that the companies understand what the evidence is that we require. So we use things like scientific advice to help us inform companies 
development program. So that yet again, that's an area where we already are collaborating with our colleagues in Cadeth, and we see a lot more opportunities for doing that across the various collaborative efforts we're making. And not just thinking about scientific advice, but if you think about the general use of our methods, we work extensively in Europe, but also outside of Europe on grant-funded research projects and collaborate with other agencies in doing that. So thinking about, for example, a recent project, and I think it's on our website now, a blog from Jacqueline Bouvier, describing work we're doing with Cadet and others on the validation of surrogate outcomes for health economic modeling calls. So that's another example of where we are and where we can make a lot more progress. And staying with you, Minder, why is it important that we work collaboratively? Who ultimately benefits? And Nicole, can you address what are some of the challenges organisations have faced when collaborating? And if you think about the benefits for collaboration, you know, to me that is pretty obvious. For one, it's you know, to learn from each other and use each other's skills and expertise. And as Nicole said, it's for staff a really important part of working in an HCA agency is to understand what happens across the world. And, and I think this is what everybody would expect. We hope to operate more efficiently, and that is to make sure that we can do more work overall, do it faster, and spend our time working on the things that, are really, that really need our HCA advice. I'm thinking also that for companies, because people listening to this will be thinking is this only about benefits to the organizations i don't think so it's for companies working with us they will see these international collaborations as a way to make a more predictable system of hta to allow them to be better prepared it will be more straightforward and that's especially important, I think, in light of the internationally collaborative work by regulators. And we've seen regulators who are looking at benefit and risk of technologies. They've been working on the umbrella of Orbis and the Access Consortium, sharing their work. And I think that's an area where we can do a lot more. It's difficult, I guess, to predict what all this will mean for patients. But I hope that these collaborations will support continued delivery of, of high quality and timely recommendations through our HCA processes. And that will allow earlier access to new technologies whilst ensuring some value for the taxpayer. I think the principles of health technology assessment are transparency, impartiality, uh, inclusivity, and consistency. And I think, you know, by working with one another, by leveraging, linking, learning from one another, we can improve the consistency. And that's the predictability for patients and for industry partners as well. So I just thought that that's important just to highlight, you know, as one of the benefits too. You know, from, from challenges, as I think about it, I mean, there are larger issues and smaller issues. So maybe the smaller issues are, even just getting the right people at the right table, understanding who should be at the table, time zones for meetings, you know, simple things like that, or even how to action the information that we're sharing with one another. Who does it need to go to within our respective organizations and get the attention that it needs? But those are sort of process issues. Some of the larger issues are ones about understanding each other's priorities, understanding them clearly, and that we may have very similar and or very different priorities. Mindred highlighted some of the earlier kinds of things that we're thinking about collectively with respect to scientific advice or thinking about technologies in a different way and understanding methods for unique types of analyses. But some of the larger ones are 
really the priorities for each of our organizations that might be quite different from one another or might be even just slightly different from one another. So example would be NICE's objectives and carbon neutral policies or how do we incorporate the environmental perspective into our health technology assessments. We don't have a similar policy although we all understand the importance of the environment so that might lead to different work or different pieces of that HTA analysis and it might have different time frames to incorporate into those health technology assessment analyses. You know, at CADF, we have a focus on equity and truth and reconciliation for Indigenous communities and how to encourage partnership and collaboration while providing dialogue and reducing harms for that for the community and really understanding how to incorporate knowledge or learnings from the Indigenous community into the work that we do on a daily basis. So those might be different priorities along the way. So it's a matter of how do we set priorities? How do we understand what are the most important questions to move forward with along the way? And, you know, if there's a, for example, in the method space, there are a number of different organizations to develop, as Mindert said, the guidance on the surrogate outcomes or, you know, how do we think about perspectives and how do we value what pieces of evidence need to be at the table when we deliberate? So there are lots of different sort of broader issues that, you know, as we start to have these discussions, we can start to overcome some of those challenges with respect to not knowing what the either the rationale or the discussion is behind the scenes and to help us understand the importance of some certain elements or priorities to each or each respective organization. And final question for you, Minder. Is there one standout success you can highlight as being achieved through collaboration so far? It must be, I think, our collaboration to develop a more consistent approach to handling of confidential data. I mean, it might, it's perhaps not the most exciting topic, but it's definitely one that's been critically important to get right and to strike a, a critical balance between transparency of the evidence. As Nicole mentioned a couple of times, you know, one of the key principles of HTA is transparency. And, and to balance that with the decision making that we are all using that evidence for and protecting confidential information of the stakeholders we work with. This project and this collaborative work between the Canadian agency and, uh, and ICER, the organization in the US, was critical in setting out what we think the principles are that people should work towards. And I think that is one of the successes, I think, of collaboration is to make sure we are clear about what we expect from a principled point of view are our various uh, collaborators to do. Now the teams at NICE and Cadeth and ICER will hopefully see real benefits from this new approach and allowing them to dedicate their skills and expertise to aspects of our work that really matters to patients. So I think that's been a great achievement. Thanks Minder. And Nicole, where do you see collaboration going in the future and what areas do you see being included? That's such a great question, and I've just enjoyed this opportunity to talk to you and to Minder. I wonder, you know, the I see the collaboration expanding. I think that there is enhancing the way we do our work with respect to efficiency and with respect to timeliness. All of our conversations will lead us down that path very well. With respect to some of the future thinking, I mean, Mindert highlighted some of the early anticipatory work of ensuring that we are aware of new technologies that come through to us in advance so we can start to think about what outcomes matter. We can start to engage patients earlier. We can start to think about the methods earlier. And we can start to think about how ready our health systems are for those new technologies. And I think that's something else that as we start to really enhance 
our collaborative effort and partnerships that if we can try and do that collectively across not only our two jurisdictions, but even globally about how are we ready and prepared for these new sort of complex technologies and how can we collectively deal or review and appraise the technologies to ensure that patients get the most value. So I think that that's where I'd like to see. I'm sure that there are lots of other efforts, you know, some of them are more methodological. How do we deal with artificial intelligence, uh, synthetic cohorts, you know, really sort of kinds of uh, methods heavy work that will really set a framework for allowing us to do the work with quality and with transparency. Thank you to my guests, Mind Up Boyson and Nicole Mittman. And thank you for joining us for another episode of Nice Talks. We hope you've enjoyed the programme. Remember, you can find us on social media too. Search at NiceComs. Join us again next month for another episode. And until then, goodbye.